0: and socially significant. We go now to the pulpit of Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City and to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Mayflower Congregational United Church of Christ, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. This morning we welcome back my friend and colleague, the Reverend Courtney Richards as our guest preacher. Reverend Richards is the Communications and Development Manager of Week of Compassion, the Refugee Relief and Development Mission Fund of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. Week of Compassion, which is not actually limited to just one week, works with partners to alleviate suffering throughout the world. Courtney is the embodiment of the spiritual gift of sacred welcome and creative expression, both offering it and encouraging it as a faithful witness to the good news of the gospel. She and her husband, Brad Lyons, who is the president and publisher at Chalice Press, live in St. Louis. For Reverend Richard's work in ministry and her presence with us today, let the people say, thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? It was reported 2,000 years ago, Holy One, that some of Jesus' last words were, "'Into thy hands I commend my spirit,' before he died at the hands of the state." It was reported last week that some of Donald Grant's last words were, "'I'm going to go to the universe, and then I'll be back,' before he died at the hands of the state." The parallels are, well, you can see, we can see, which is why we wouldn't dare hope for Mr. Grant to have also repeated Jesus' prayer, asking you to forgive them for they know not what they do, because we do know what we do. We know that Mr. Grant had a life filled with trauma and mental health issues, we know that no one on death row has money or resources. We know that we can't get the lethal injection cocktail right, making it so cruel and unusual that Mr. Grant requested a firing squad. We know that two wrongs don't make a right. We know what we do. Grant us wisdom and courage, Holy One, to be done with the death penalty We pray in the name of Jesus, who wanted us to take seriously his declaration. It is finished. Amen. Good morning, Mayflower family.
2: It is always good to be here in worship with you. You don't recognize me. You haven't seen me sitting behind you off and on all these weeks. I mean, yes, it's been online, but I've been here for a while from Tulsa, more recently from my new home in St. Louis, but once somewhere back in those all recorded worship days of the pandemic pandemonium from right there in the center aisle preaching a sermon directly into the most impressive handcrafted teleprompter-camera-hybrid contraption that you ever have seen. Thank you, Rick Bolin. Recently, I was in worship with you from a great in-person front row seat, right here on the chancel as I sat with other clergy friends in witness of the grace and giftedness of truly one of my most treasured friends and colleagues, your own Reverend Dr. Lori Wauke, witnessing her installation as your senior pastor, a role that she perhaps didn't even know, but the rest of us can certainly see God has always been preparing her for. She is a treasure in all of the ways that you know, in a lot of ways you have no reason to know, and so we are trusting you, Mayflower, to care for her well. I am grateful to be invited to bring a word again today, and here is an interesting thing. We joined you from our living room for worship last Sunday and heard Lori say that she has never preached or even heard a sermon from Jeremiah, which what kind of growing up Baptist in Oklahoma kid? doesn't get at least one or two good calling down the thunder sermons along the way from the prophet. So after worship last week, I was still thinking about my direction for today. And there I sat on January 23rd looking up the lectionary readings for January 30th. And what is listed as the reading from the Hebrew scriptures for today? Jeremiah. You cannot make this stuff up. So we are going there because we have to, when the sermon preparation fairies tee it up for you like that, you have to take a swing. So here we go. These early verses in Jeremiah are what we refer to as a call narrative. It does two things. First, there's an appeal to our emotional faith that shows us that God lays claim to Jeremiah quite specifically very early on. And it's a literary device. It credentials Jeremiah with the hearer originally and the reader now so that we know that all of the things he will say coming up, and he says a lot of things, are worth listening to. So a few verses in here, this morning's text, might actually be familiar to you, though I bet you've heard them taken out of context. I mean, that never happens, but it could. So from the first chapter of Jeremiah, verses 4 through 10, let's listen, freshly or again, for a word from God. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said my Lord God truly I do not know how to speak for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me do not say I am only a boy for you shall go to all to whom I send you and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them for I am with you to deliver you says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. So it seems today we have a story of someone who's landed in a situation they aren't sure they're ready for, don't know how to manage, and can't figure out how to exit. I mean, I'm really very sorry that these ancient, dusty scriptures are not more relatable. But Reverend Richards, you say, or you would say if you were the kind of folks who talked back in church and if anyone ever used our titles, but Rev, you say, I'm not called to be a prophet. That's, it's a whole big thing. I'm not called to that. I haven't heard a voice or seen a sign or had that kind of specific direction. Okay. And We are all called to be faithful, to be just, to be compassionate to be leaders who are also followers of one certain leader in particular. We even call ourselves by his name. We are called, we are all called, to be who we say we are. To live into the name we claim. And we are all not sure we're ready for any of those things. We are all floundering trying to manage this. And we are all, more often than not, entirely uncertain how to get out of what we've gotten into and how to get going in the right direction. All of us, professionals and rookies, long timers and newcomers, educated and still learning, fully formed and half-baked, we are all called, and not one of us thinks we're up to the task. And then we consider, not the one who is called, but the one who does the calling, Jeremiah's proclamations, you see, came during a time when a nation was uncertain and rival factions were at odds over who had the greater power and strength to hold the cherished land and the ideals of the nation in their grasp over who was the true and right caretaker of their treasured and promised land. So Jeremiah's, yeah, but his is the voice of everyone else in that story. The ones who watch while decision-makers dither, who suffer while the power-hungry battle, who go with less and least while the rulers go from more to most. Jeremiah's oh Lord God is ours too. The fear, the exasperation, the desperation, the grief. We're being asked to chin up and shoulders back and carry on and this is what it just means to be a human being right now But we honestly just don't know that we're cut out for this big a task And The holy one is having none of it not then with Jeremiah and not now with us Don't say I am just a boy Don't say they won't listen Don't say, but I'm too old. Don't say, but I don't know how. Don't say, I've never, or we always, or I couldn't. For you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. It's not really even a question here see i formed you and known you god says and when i say that i've known you i mean i know who you are and i chose you i know who you are i chose you and i watch over and care for you here's what i need of you and here's how we'll make it happen You'll go and I'll be the one to send you. You'll speak and I'll tell you what to say. You don't have to be afraid. I've got your back. Jeremiah is from a priestly heritage, but he is the only prophet of whom the word consecrated is used. Not just called, but set apart and blessed. Before he even does anything, Patrick Miller says that Jeremiah is not simply the priestly mediator of God's holiness in the sanctuary, but is the proclaimer of that holiness and its demands in all the streets of Jerusalem. Oh, but you aren't called to preach and proclaim, right? So this isn't for you. Here's where the other text of the lectionary joins us in this conversation. Last week, there are many gifts, but one spirit that gives them. This week, if I can speak well, if I prophesy, if I spread my wealth around, but have not love, we see love is the simplest and also the greatest call that there is. It is the thing, of which everyone is capable all of us there is a call for everyone on everyone in every way from the one who knows better than to call us to something and leave us unprepared the call of God on the heart of a believer for something as dramatic as rallying for justice in a death penalty state or as simple as dropping off snacks for public school teachers. The call of God on a believer is often referred to as a burden that cannot be laid down. Those who are called will not go out unequipped, nor unaccompanied, into the streets, and the buildings, and the fields, and the classrooms, and the state houses, and the corporate headquarters, and the local governments, and the neighborhood associations, and the corner bars, and the hair salons, and the local gyms. We are all called. We are all sent. And never, ever, not for a single moment are we all alone. Whatever we are called to do, wherever we are called to do it, As a friend of mine mentioned in A Thought for the Day, it's not about what we do, but about what God can do. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. A tough call, no doubt, this life of faithfulness. Sometimes being the person we are called to be means pushing against the things of the world that would tell us otherwise, the people and the powers that think they get to tell us at all. Sometimes the call is to tear it down. Sometimes the call is to raise it back up. Always, the call is to all of us, even when we think we're the least ready to be called, and sometimes especially then. We are all called simply to be who we are, one formed and known by the holy. That's it. We are not called to be who other people think we should be. We are not called to be something that someone who doesn't even know us assumes of us. We are not called to make ourselves small in order to let someone else make themselves bigger. We are not called to perfection according to someone else's standard. Mercifully, we're not called to perfection at all. We are called to justice, to peace, to mercy, To compassion, to generosity, to discernment, to community, to love. The call to the prophet isn't for fortune-telling and crystal ball-gazing. The prophet's work is to be a vessel for the word of God. To remind people of what God has said and done in their lives and to course-correct when the path has become unclear or we've avoided it or we let it get a little overgrown and scraggly, or when it's a steeper climb and a harder road and a bumpier ride than we remembered or expected. The prophet, the faithful person who listens, who speaks, who discerns, who tries, is not told you are the one because you're the only one, We are told, you are the one and you are one of many. Your life is your word. Your action is your speech. Everything you need, you will have. Just say yes. Last week, Dr. Wackey spoke about the joy still found in the midst of everything. In struggle and in celebration, in plenty and in want. She reminded us that all of our sacred texts carry all of our sacred stories, the everyday wonder and the beauty of being alive and loved, and that we are in the world to live and love likewise. It is hard, yes, and there is also still joy. In last week's Luke text in the lectionary, Jesus is in his hometown synagogue, and he reads from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. In the Nehemiah text that Lori preached, Ezra read from the books of Moses. This is what it means to be called and to be sent, to be known by God from before our own beginnings. It means that when we're in the midst of what doesn't make sense? We call back to the voices before us because they were all called to. It's why when we read a text from generations and millennia and whole worlds ago and we finish reading it, we look at each other and we say, wait, that sounds a lot, but, but that could be, I mean, they could have just, that, that sounds like they're talking to us yes they are god is have good news for you mayflower the holy one would like a word
0: you've been listening to the preaching and teaching of reverend dr Lori walkie senior minister at mayflower congregational ucc church in oklahoma city More information about the church can be found at www.mayflowerucc.org or by visiting Mayflower's Facebook page. Worship services are every Sunday at 10 a.m. with Sunday school classes for all ages at 9 a.m. Mayflower is located on Northwest 63rd Street in Oklahoma City, one block west of Portland. Thank you for listening.